Welcome back to another Tennessee Holler Facebook Live. I'm Holler founder Justin Canoe. We are TNHoller.com is where you can find us at the TN Holler on Twitter and Facebook. Follow us. Follow all the other regional haulers too. We've got now Memphis Holler, Knoxville, Chattanooga. We've got Tri-Cities and Cookville. Very excited about all these regional haulers. I hope you follow them all and share them. Anybody you know in those areas, I think they're really important. And I'm thrilled that we've got that. And the way that we're able to have these regional haulers is from your support. I say that and mean that sincerely. We've been overwhelmed by all the support you all have given us. It's really the small dollar monthly donations that make these possible. I know there's a lot going on right now. Uh, we're in a racially charged up moment. We're trying to get a lot of the Confederate monuments removed and the KKK Grand Wizard bust that is in our capital, trying to get that removed. There's a meeting at the Capitol Commission Thursday about that. We will definitely be there trying to help push and amplify those who are helping to push to get that Confederate KKK Grand Wizard statue out of our capital where it does not belong. But there's another thing that does not belong. It's here at home. I live in Williamson County and I'm here today with Dustin Cochter, who has been leading the charge to get the Confederate flag removed from the seal of our county here in Williamson County, which is Governor Lee's home county, Marsha Blackburn's home county, Glenn Cassida's home county. We have all sorts of wonderful characters here in Williamson County. And Dustin has really picked up the mantle here. Dustin, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, I appreciate this opportunity to join all the folks at the hauler. And I'm glad to see that this is something that people are paying attention to and, and people are willing to talk about. Well, I appreciate that you're highlighting it. Uh, it is something that everybody needs to pay attention to. We've now had the Marines say that they won't tolerate Confederate flag. The NCAA has said they won't tolerate a Confederate flag. Mississippi voted to remove the flag from their state flag. So really, this is the direction that things are heading in. And Williamson County, which for those who may not be familiar, it's right outside of Nashville. It is a conservative area. There's no question about that, but it's changing. It's growing. Uh, the, the demographics are changing. It's becoming more diverse. And it really is a moment where everybody needs to stop and consider what it means to have the Confederate flag on our county seal. I know you pointed out, Dustin, that the Franklin Police Department used to have the Confederate flag on their doors and they did away with that a few years back. And sort of this county seal has kind of been flying under the radar. There has been more made of the Confederate statue in the middle of Franklin than there has been of the county seal. What made you decide to pick up this mantle? And then I want to talk a little bit about your background and your family story too, because it's really interesting. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things impacting this Confederate flag that's on our county seal is that it represents our county in an official capacity. So it's saying like, this is what the county represents. Um, it's on government documents. And even uh, Mayor Rogers Anderson yesterday when he issued the executive order mandating masks in public spaces, uh, it was on letterhead from the county. And so the first two pages of that had the seal on it, which featured that Confederate battle flag. So for it to be used in an official capacity 
it no longer represents who we are as a county. It no longer represents like the values and the diversity that we hold. And so I think because of that, the fact that it is county property, it's something that's supposed to represent everyone. I think that's why it was something that uh, it needed it needed to be addressed. And I think the only way to address it is to completely remove the entire seal and create a new one. Well, I think that makes perfect sense. Just to give people some backstory here, uh, you have a unique family story. You and I have become friendly now. You know, I haven't lived here that long. You haven't lived here forever either. You were from Texas, I believe. And you and your wife have done something really interesting. You're raising a unique family. Let's put it that way. Uh, yep. Can you tell us a little bit about your family? And I'm going to show people a picture of it. Yeah. Um, so my wife and I uh, live, have lived here in Franklin for about five years, but my wife was raised in Brentwood. Uh, I am from Texas, um, but we've learned a little bit more about my wife's uh, family and that they're actually direct descendants from some of the pioneer families of Williamson County. Um, so when people say, hey, go back to where you came from, the reality is uh, this is where my wife came from. And so as you can see in that picture, uh, our kids do not look like us. Uh, they were all born in Uganda and they joined our family through adoption. So uh, whenever we go places, we obviously stand out. Um, but thankfully, uh, Williamson County has uh, been a place where we've enjoyed raising our kids. They go to public schools here um, and we uh, have joined a, joined a great church here in our community and have created a lot of really strong relationships with folks. So like because of our kids, they are uh, one motivator into the why of, of why this is important, but also because of our kids, they kind of, um, like when we started, when we started the adoption process and we had to understand what it was going to be like to be a multiracial family, um, raising black children in the South, in an area where, and I mean, in a country where things are uh, more racialized every single day, uh, we knew it was going to be a challenge. And so I mean, several years ago, we started uh, down this road to make sure that we were doing what we could to protect our kids, to understand what it was like to raise black children, even though that wasn't our lived experience, we needed to do a whole lot of homework. And so it started years ago with reading books. Um, we changed the church that we started attending. And now I'm, I'm honored to be one of the deacons in our church. And I changed to the people we follow on Twitter, um, the movies we watch, uh, the music that we listen to, um, because we needed to make sure that we you know, understood and appreciated the big picture of what we were doing, because uh, it wasn't just about adoption. Um, it was about raising children in a, in a world where they are going to be treated differently because of the color of their skin. Um, and so that's something that we, we are aware of. And it's something that my wife and I are, are trying to tackle every day and try to be leading voices in the community on that. Well, I think it's incredible. And I, I, what I'm very curious about, and we've talked about this, but like, how did it go? How, how do you decide to adopt three kids all the same age? Like that's a lot of kids. I have two. Right. They're not right. the same age. It seems like a lot. And I know that, you know, right. y'all have come a long way just in helping them feel comfortable in America, in the culture here. What has that process been like? And what's it been like to have three at the same age? Because that in itself is a lot. 
Yeah, so we adopted our oldest when he was 18 months old. And then a year and a half later, um, like the month before he turned three, we adopted a set of twins, a boy and a girl, and they happened to also be about to turn three. So the difference in age between our oldest and the twins is about a week and a half. So that first year when all three of them were living in our house, um, living here in Franklin, we had three three-year-olds and definitely much more difficult on my wife who um, her training in education is uh, marriage and family therapy and she has a master's degree uh, in that. Um, but in this season of life, she chose to step away to be a full-time mom with our kids. So while she was at home uh, raising our three three-year-olds for that first year, um, I was at work. Uh, so she she definitely wow. had Hero. she definitely had the harder Hero. The harder part, and you know especially right now in what we're dealing with with uh, with COVID and having to stay at home, like it was hard on our family, uh, especially hard on my wife uh, because I still had to be like hidden in the bedroom um, doing work and and responding to emails and things like that while she was trying to teach our kids how to read and numbers and writing and phonics. And all of the things that are expected of kids in first thing, first grade and kindergarten. So it's pretty hard. <laughs> well, that's an amazing thing. Uh, so tell tell us now. Let's talk about where this is. Um, I know that you have written a letter. I know that the Williamson County Dems have been pushing for it. My mm -hmm. understanding is the county commission is going to vote whether or not to create a committee to look into this. Is that the process that starts and what is your understanding about how likely this vote is to pass and how much support there is for getting this shameful symbol off of our county seal? And again, I live here too. And, you know, I really feel strongly that this needs to happen. Right. So the way the process is, um, Mayor Rogers Anderson, he was the one that initially called for the resolution to create a task force. So that Typically resolutions are, are brought up by members of the county commission. So in Williamson County, there's 24 commissioners, there's 12 districts. So each commissioner has, or each district has two commissioners. So he created this resolution. And then as things go in local government, it has to go through the various subcommittees before it comes up for a full vote before the commission. So um, as two weeks ago, it came up in the property committee and that passed. So like it was a, a smaller group, I think it was four or five individuals, uh, individual committed commissioners that voted on that. So it passed in that committee. And then yesterday it was brought up again in the budget committee. And I assume the reason it's going in the budget committee is that there's going to be a price tag on this uh, because you're going to have to remove the seals from vehicles, from signs, from um, clothing, uniforms that are worn by uh, city employees or county employees. So it also passed in that budget in the budget committee as well. So on uh, July 13th is when it's going to come up for a full vote before the entire county commission. And that meeting is at nine o'clock in the morning. Typically, the county commission meetings are in the evening. But since the July meeting is always the one where they have to deal with the budget, they have it during the day. Um, and because of um, COVID-19 and the executive orders that are in place and the 
the governor's state of emergency. That meeting is also going to be done virtually. Uh, there was a hope that it was going to be in person and they were going to be and they were going to find a place to have it where they could still maintain social distancing. But then when Governor Lee extended the state of emergency, they they had to adjust their game plan. And so it's going to be online. Will it be public? Uh, yes. So it'll be live streamed um, for you to be able to watch it. Um, I have reached out to one of the county commissioners to see how the public comment part fits into that. Uh, I don't know how that has I don't know how they're going to address that part um, because in county commission meetings, there's 30, they, they allot 30 minutes at the beginning of a session for public comment where people can come and talk about whatever they want to, whether it's something on the agenda, something off the agenda um, with a maximum of three minutes per person. Right. So, so theoretically they're supposed to allow everybody to do that. And are they using uh, COVID as an excuse not to? I don't know. Um, I want to at least give them the benefit of the doubt and let them let them get back to me. Uh, I don't want to make an assumption on that. And that was something I posted on Facebook yesterday of I've reached out to one of the county commissioners to get some clarification and I just haven't received a response yet. So at this point, I don't have enough information to say. I would hope I would hope that they would still allow public comment. Right. Okay, so speaking of public comments, we see your comments. I just want people to know that. Stephen Matthews says, removing all remaining specks of hate from the Confederacy, remove all remaining specks of hate from the Confederacy. We must confront the glorified version of it to the fullest extent possible. Owning human beings is nothing to glorify. And then our pal Missy says, Confederates were traitors. The more Franklin and Williamson fight to keep these symbols of hate, the harder it is to think those leaders are happy with the results of the Civil War. Will their adamant defense of the Confederacy open up a new source of tourism? White supremacists, it's bad enough bigots live amongst us. We don't want them flocking here for the love of hate. And, you know, Missy's never one to mince words, but she's absolutely right that it's hard to think, you know, Germany treats, and I know that there's a conflation there between Nazi symbols and the Confederacy, but as a Jew whose grandparents survived the Holocaust, I feel like I'm able to weigh in on this. Uh, you know, when you're black, slavery is is as bad as it gets. And when you're Jewish, the Holocaust is as bad as it gets. So to be like, oh, slavery wasn't so bad to compared to the Holocaust, you know, that is not an argument that anybody should be making, frankly. And I think it's fair to point out that these are both symbols that mean horrible things to entire groups of people. In Germany, the Nazi symbols have been taken down. They don't glorify what happened and they treat it like a shameful thing. There's even been reparations to Jews there. Here in America, it is treated as though some people are disappointed in the result of the war. The, you know, I understand that there were people who died in a, in a war that they were fighting. They weren't slave, slave owners. And, you know, maybe they weren't deep believers in the, you know, in slavery, but they were still fighting to preserve it. And if they had won that war, you know, your children would not be able to live freely amongst us. And, you know, I think that's probably a big part of why you're so involved in this fight. And, you know, but it shouldn't take having black children to feel that way. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I saw what Missy's saying is absolutely right that, you know, when you defend these symbols, it's hard not to feel like you're a little bit disappointed 
in the result. And I'm not going to make you agree or disagree with that, but I do want to give you the opportunity in case you don't get to make your public comment this week, next week. What is your public comment about this? What would you say to these county commissioners and to Mayor Anderson? Yeah, I think there's two important things that we need to realize and understand. And as adults, we need to be mature and understand that we're smart enough to have these conversations and do the right thing. So the first thing is that changing our county deal is not going to erase or change history. And that's one of the big, um, big issues and, and some of the feedback that I've gotten from people is that we're changing history, that we, we just want to erase history and whitewash history. But that's, that's not a logical argument. Uh, it's not true uh, because the reality is um, whether this seal exists or not. And as we've seen through removing the Confederate battle flag and the image of Chip from our the Franklin Police Department shield in 1999, removing that and changing it didn't change the outcome of the war. It didn't change the outcome of the Battle of Franklin. Um, it didn't change what happened following um, the Civil War with Reconstruction through the slave codes, through Jim Crow era, through the Civil Rights Movement. All of that stuff still exists. We're not changing anything. What we're doing is we're showing a truer picture of what actually happened. And I think this somewhat piggybacks on the Fuller Story initiative that took place here in Franklin, where, you know, we... Um, and uh, several pastors and, and a historian got together and created a, an amazing movement where we said as a community that we're going to embrace our county's history and we're going to understand and share with people about the race riot. We're going to share about the slave market that was in our square. And we're going to talk about the United States color troop soldiers um, that fought for the Union Army and brought helped bring victory to the United States of America against the Confederacy. So all of that stuff is still going to exist. The only thing that's going to change is just what logo we want to have. And I think another the second important point is that we learn about history from going to historic sites or museums, like places here in Williamson County, like Carnton, like the Carter House, the Macklemore House. Uh, there's places all over the community where we can learn about that. We also go by listening to people. Now, we have a dedicated historian for Williamson County, and there's plenty of people where you can take a tour, where you can learn about history, you can talk to the historians, and you can also read about history. So you can go places, you can listen to people, and you can read about history. You don't learn about history by staring at something on the wall. Um, you learn about it by reading and digging into what it means and what it truly represents. And as you dig deeper into the meaning of the Confederate flag and of the meaning and the origins and the reason for the Confederacy, you see that that is not something that we need to idolize as a community. That having that on there shows that our community is unwelcoming, community feel unsafe. And this isn't something that is new. Like these feelings of discomfort, especially within people in the black community here in Williamson County is not new. Like there's people that live here that went to segregated schools. There's people that live in Williamson County that weren't able to go through the main entrance of the Franklin Theater on Main Street. There's people in Williamson County alive today 
that couldn't even go through the front door of all the shops on Main Street. They had to go through the back or they had to order food in the alleyway. So when we truly understand that part and we own it, say, yes, this actually did happen. And we move past it to, to show people, hey, this is, this is what happened. This is how we perceive it. It's not who we are today. It's not what we want to glorify. But here are some things that we do care about here in our community. And one of the most important things is we care about um, marginalized people. And we want to do the right thing and help. One inescapable truth is either way, they're making a decision. So yes. they're deciding right now if we are that kind of community. And you and I sit here and say we are not that type of community. And we mm -hmm. see it as an easy deci decision, frankly, to remove this symbol. Right. But one way or another, they have to vote. We they, They've been put in a position now where they have to vote. And what they need to realize is voting to do nothing is still voting to do something. It's voting to keep that on the flag. It's voting to keep that on the seal. It's voting to keep that KKK Grand Wizard bust in there. And so you don't get the benefit of, oh, it's just how it is and status quo and momentum. Mm -hmm. That's gone. No, you're making a right. decision now whether or not you will be on the right side of history. You have an opportunity to do that. And you, one way or another, you are deciding what kind of place Williamson County is. And, you know, in some ways, it is still a pretty segregated place. You know, they say s the most segregated day is Sunday, right? Because everybody goes to either white church or black church. You actually, I know I've been to your church. It's actually one of the more diverse churches in Williamson County, maybe even in Tennessee. And, you know, but we have an opportunity to do something that says, hey, we are a welcoming place. We understand what this means to people and we want to do something about it. You know, mm -hmm. I think they make the argument about heritage with the Confederate flag and I don't buy that. You know, I buy it a little bit more than I do about the KKK grand wizard bust in our capital, but I still don't buy it. But at the end of the day, this is about what it means to the people who were oppressed. Mm -hmm. And right. those are the people who we need to think about when we're making this decision, whatever it means to you, that's what it means to them. And by deciding to keep it, you're saying you don't care about that. You're saying your feelings and opinions and white people's feelings and opinions matter more than black people. And that in itself is white supremacy. Right. Yeah. And I, um, I'm, it makes me think of Dr. Ibram Kendi, who's wrote, he's written several books, several articles about race, the history of racism um, in the United States, how everything kind of fits together. And one of the, the way, one of the reasons why there's a knee jerk reaction is that people don't like um, talking about race, especially white people don't like talking about race. Like they definitely don't want to be considered racist. And the phrase white supremacy is very uncomfortable. Um, and whether you, whether you realize it or not, just Good. Have, um, like, right. It, <laughs> yeah. And, and it should be un uncomfortable. And I think that's what's happening right now is within our community, a lot of people are starting to have these conversations. And I'm a part of the Franklin Justice and Equity Coalition. And like they were the ones that helped um, helped create the Juneteenth celebration that we had a couple of weeks ago. And like they're starting all these initiatives and community conversations about about racism, about policing, about um, about economic inequality. And so these conversations are going to be ongoing, but
But from here on out, the bar has been set that Confederate symbolisms, especially in an official capacity, are unacceptable. So as long as that seal or as long as that seal features a Confederate flag, it's going to be un unacceptable. But the reality is like we have to separate the impact from the intent because Virginia Bowman and um, James Armistead, when they got together in 1968 to help create this seal, like their intent may not have been negative. Their intent may have solely been to show something that's historic and we want to celebrate the civil war. We want to celebrate all of that stuff. Um, but the reality is, and, and what Robin D'Angelo says in her book, White Fragility, she says, right now, most white people believe that if our intentions are good, then the impact of our behavior should not count. So they may have had good intentions, but the impact of having a Confederate battle flag on our county seal, especially in 2020 and beyond, is very negative. So with this task force that's going to be created through um, by a vote through the county commission, I mean, their big, their big uh, responsibility, which I think is unfair, is they're going to have to explain to a county commission, like they're to a bunch of adults. They're going to say, "This is why the county seal is racist." Like, and here's an investigation that we want to further explain it. I think it's silly. I think it puts an undue burden, especially on the African Americans. You mean they should just vote to get rid of it, and they shouldn't create a committee to tell them that the Confederate yeah. flag is no good? Yeah, I mean, I completely yeah. agree with that. Although yeah. I am looking forward to their conclusion, and you know, I do want to see them explain what they've found. You know, yeah. I don't know exactly who is on that committee that they're creating. I know that you know, Visit Franklin is on there. Uh, I wonder if Williamson Inc. is on. Has Williamson Inc. said anything about this? So the as the the task force and the resolution about it stands, the task force is going to be chaired by someone from Williamson Inc. Um, so for those not familiar with Williamson County, that's our Chamber of Commerce. Right. So um, I assume that's going to be. It's bad for business. I'll tell you that much. Right. Yeah. So I think with having somebody from Williamson Inc. on there, having somebody from the Williamson County Convention and Visitors Bureau on there they're going to be able to speak to speak strongly to the economic impact of why that needs to be changed. Um, because like with this order that came out with the masks, like having Confederate flag on our official documents, if we're trying to attract businesses to come to Williamson County, if we're trying to attract people to come to Williamson County and we're sending Confederate flags on our letterheads that we sent to them, I think that's grossly unacceptable. And at some point, uh, those businesses are going to say, you know, we're not going to do that. Like I, we I think they should already be saying it. And frankly, anybody who's yeah. not saying it is negligent. You know, uh, we saw the NCAA say it about Mississippi. Right. I know for a fact that Williamson County is thinking about creating some giant sports complex here, right, in, right in our backyard in Williamson County that they're hoping to have NFL uh, training camps at. There is no way the NCAA or the NFL or, you know, any other kind of tournaments should be willing to come to a county that has this. And I, and frankly, I think they won't be. And honestly, I, I think they know this. You know, I think this is going to end the way it's supposed to end. Uh, right. it's, it's a shame that it took this long. I do, I do have faith in the leaders in this, some of them in this community that they will do the right thing here. However, uh, 
unwillingly or, you know, even if they're dragging their feet, I think they will. But, you know, what, what we're doing here is we're, we're forcing them to change. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of this conversation is about the fear of change. People don't want to change. They, they feel like it's erasing something to change, but I just beg them to look at how far we have actually come as a established. And, you know, I'm sure all along the way, there were people dragging their feet about change not, I'm sure we know all along the right. way, people were dragging their feet about change, whether it be to abolish slavery, to let women vote, to let black people vote to, you know, all the way down the line, it's been going on. This is a part of that evolution, a part of that change. And we here in Williamson County, have a chance to, to participate in that change a little bit. And I, I wish they would see it as an opportunity rather than an obligation. Right. And I think to go back and to, to talk about that on the opposite side, throughout history, anytime there has been um, change, anytime there has, especially within um, the black community, Anytime there has been progress where they have been lifted up, they've been given the ability to vote. They've been given the ability to own land. Um, they're right. They've started to have civil rights. Um, and that all happened within our parents' generation. Uh, but each time there was progress within the black community, there was always resistance from people in the white community. And sometimes that resistance was met, obviously, through social and political means, Sometimes it was met through violent means. And then sometimes it was also met through symbolic means. So during reconstruction, like as, as Confederate veterans started dying off, that's when the first wave of all of these monuments started going up around the, around the country, even that's in right. places that weren't even a part of the Confederacy. And then when the civil rights movement comes around, more of that stuff shows up. Um, so that's, so it's no, I don't think it's a coincidence that our county seal was adopted in 1968. Our county was founded in 1799. So for 169 years, we didn't have a county seal. But during the same decade as the integration of our schools, which by the way, took, took 13 years after Brown versus the Board of Education, you had the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the Voting Rights Act of 1965, the, vote, um, the Civil Rights Act of 1968, because they forgot some stuff in 1964. But then you also had um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination three months before this seal was adopted. And like we've seen on TV and the videos of the reaction to that assassination. And like whenever, like as black people were getting more and more votes, obviously there was some resistance. So I think going back to what I said earlier about intent versus impact, like the intent may have been good, but the impact of putting a Confederate flag on our county seal during that time in the late 1960s is that's, that's where the major issue is. And so 52 years later, um, so next week is the 52nd birthday of our, of our county seal. Uh, so I think it's quite unique that the vote on this is going to happen during that same week. Um, but obviously now is the time to do this. Um, people are done waiting. Um, progress has been slow. And, you know, our county commission may feel like this is a knee jerk reaction. Um, but I think the reason they feel that way. Imaginable. <laughs> right. I think the reason they feel that way is because so many people have ignored this for so long. 
they've ignored the pain, the suffering, um, the cries of oppression from um, black people in our community and around the country. And so now they're finally listening. And so this is their chance to not react, but to respond, to have a positive response in, react, in, in relation to something negative that is happening in our community and throughout the country where like there's a whole lot of civil unrest right now. So now it's our time to be mature, to be reasonable adults and do something responsible that shows what our community really stands for, what values we actually have in our community and how we're willing to do the hard thing, which shouldn't be hard, but we're willing to do the hard thing, make the hard choices to take a stand for equality, for equity and for justice for everyone in our community. I think that's a great place to leave it. Just as one final thing, how can people help in the next yeah. few weeks or a few days? Yeah. Who, can they, who can they reach out to? Yeah, so I think the first and most obvious one is um, there's a petition out there. I think right now it has about 8,500 signatures. So if you go to change.org slash Williamson County seal, you can sign that petition. And I definitely recommend you share it on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, even if you're not a resident of Williamson County, uh, I think we all have connections. Uh, I guess a lot of people have connections to Williamson County. But also the reality is a lot of our elected officials, um, they take donations and contributions from people outside Williamson County. So if they'll take dollars from outside of Williamson County, signatures on a petition from outside of Williamson County should also work. Um, so change.org slash Williamson County seal. Um, the next thing is you can go to the county website and find who your commissioners are. And you can either send them a handwritten letter, their addresses are on the county website, um, or you can send them an email. I think their phone numbers are on there as well. So I think reach out to them, say where you live, and um, just say why this is important to you and ask them to vote at first in favor of the task force, but then the bigger picture, ultimately we need their support to um, remove and replace the Confederate seal or remove and replace the county seal in total. So first thing, petition. Second thing, contact your county commissioners. Dustin, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, I think it's a big deal and I think you're going to win. We're going to win. Uh, and when I say we, I mean, you know, justice and righteousness in this particular instance. I think the overall fight is going to take a lot longer around here. Uh, but every little inch counts and this is a big inch and it's a big yeah. inch, not only for you and your unique, awesome family, but also for my family, you know, and, and the place that I want to raise my kids. So, you know, yeah. I think this, so, I this mean, yeah. Yeah. And I think while yeah, this is definitely a long journey and while we're waiting on hearts and minds to change, uh, we also need to take that step to change some tangible things. Um, because this needs to be a multifaceted approach. Um, because the reality is changing the seal isn't going to eradicate racism. Um, this is just one thing that does need to be addressed. The larger picture of addressing uh, racist policies, addressing um, like racial institutions, um, those are definitely ongoing conversations and those conversations are happening in a lot of spaces in Williamson County. So we know those are gonna be there. Um, so that's important, but also addressing the things that we can in a physical, uh, tangible way 
I think that also needs to be done. Dustin, thanks for joining us here. Uh, the audio of this will be available on iTunes, on our podcast feed. We have some great podcasts launching this month also. So make sure to follow us at tnholler.com and follow Dustin at Dustin Cochter on Twitter. Dustin, thanks, buddy. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Justin. Tennessee. Woo! Yeah. Tennessee. It's a tennis.